Howdy and welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. I'm Mike, he's Bobby, and this week we've got Lauren Zoller here to talk to us about ditching your corporate gig, getting into the online space. We're really excited about this. Lauren actually specializes in helping people in the corporate world get more life balance, which coming you know, from my you know, background as an attorney, I can totally relate to. Um, and these days with the quarantine and the kids all running around at home with me, I could probably use a little bit of that in my life. But as she's helping these people, she's also, and a lot of times, helping them get out of these careers and into this wonderful online space that Bobby and I enjoy, or as Bobby said earlier today, his five years of quarantine he's been in. Um, yeah. So um, Lauren, we're so excited to have you here. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to talk today. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I was on your podcast, um, the uh, Balance Boss podcast. What was that? A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a. We had a great conversation, and I thought uh, I thought it'd be great to bring you on because, like, this is just like total honesty here. I've always felt like some coaches, some life coaches, are kind of fluff, you know, and it's mm-hmm. not. There's not a lot of substance. And after I talked to you, it was very clear to me that there was a lot of substance. Uh, and that you knew what you were talking about. So I thought it would be great to have you on because we do have a lot of people in the Laptop Empire's audience that are in a corporate environment or they're in a job they don't like and they want to they want to work online or they just want to, you know, do something else, have more freedom in their life. So, you know, I want to talk to you about that because I think I think it's important. I think what you're doing is important and a lot of people need help with that. So can you just talk a little bit about what you do and, and how, you know, who are the people that you work with? Yeah, for sure. So first off, thank you so much. That's such a huge compliment (laughs) to hear that um, you didn't think that it was fluff because I think that's definitely a, that's definitely a stigma that gets put on life coaches. And there are a lot of life coaches that kind of tap into the woo woo and the fluff. And I try to keep it as (laughs) real as possible as I can. But so what I do within my coaching business, and it kind of ties into my story is I'm really passionate about working through life balance first. So most of the clients that come to me, I kind of have two sectors to my business, but they usually come in because they're feeling out of balance or out of whack with something that's going on in their life. So their relationship or their marriage is failing, their health is starting to fail, they have workaholism, or there's some sort of sector of their life that's just not working. So they usually are initially attracted to me to help them find that balance in their life between being able to show up fully at work and also living a life at home. And what the natural progression is, is that once I, once I started to work with these people in the corporate arena and we start to uncover all of these things that are keeping them from finding that balance, they realize that they're not rooted in something that gives them purpose. And so what I started to notice as a life coach, when I was working in just the life coach arena was that once this purpose was found and they really 
were able to sink into that, they realized that they wanted something different than the current position they were in, in the corporate arena. And they either launched a side hustle online, or eventually these side hustles became full-time online businesses. So my, without even thinking that it was going to go there, my life coaching practice turned into a business coaching practice. And so now I deal with people who are in the corporate arena and then also people that leave the corporate arena to build online businesses. So I love this concept you're talking about, because I know for me coming from a, you know, my background as an attorney, like that was something that I really struggled with. I had a lot of life situations that led me to where I am today. I always tell people I like accidentally fell into it, but that what you said about like having a purpose, like that was really what made me go all in on this business stuff because it was it was one of those things like I was in law practice and didn't really like it as much as I thought it would. I loved, I loved learning about it in law school, but when I got into practice, I didn't. Whereas with business, like helping other people grow their businesses instead of clearing up confrontations, I felt really passionate about that. I enjoyed and felt like the strong purpose building, you know, my own business. And so that to me was like something like I wasn't happy and I didn't even realize it. And so that, you know, just that shift right there, made it so mm-hmm. much easier to have life balance and have happiness and all that kind of stuff. So I think that that's a really interesting concept because I think a lot of people are just unhappy with where they are and what they're doing. I'm curious with, for you and the people that are in this, like, did you go through something like that yourself or was it just like what your, your background? Like, did you yeah. make a big transition? Like how, or did you, were you always kind of in this coaching space? Like how's your story relate to that? What you're helping people with? Yeah. So if we go way, way back, I was a performer and I actually, my performing career ended when I was a sophomore in college, I was injured. And like most people, I graduated with a performing arts degree and I didn't know what to do. So I just went straight into the corporate world. So my story starts in the corporate world and I bounced around from different corporate positions and I felt this same level of stress and a lack of balance and a lack of purpose. And that that's what catapulted me to want to find something different. So yeah, absolutely. I was in that space of being in the corporate world and finding my way and navigating my way through that to, I, and I talked to Bobby about this on the, the, my podcast when he came to talk about it, I was that person that took the leap (laughs) probably way before I, I should have taken the leap. Um, <laughs> which Bobby can to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so I found my way to coaching through that. I actually had a business. I had a joint entrepreneurial venture. I owned a yoga studio in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was a complete flop. So, and I lost, I was like 40 grand in the hole when everything was said and done. So I did business wow. the wrong way before Mm -hmm. I decided, and I was dabbling, I'd got my life coaching certification, but I was only doing it, you know, part-time for friends that needed it or people that would seek me out. It wasn't a full-time gig. So really it was finding those failures through business and Mm -hmm. also bringing in my experience of being in the corporate world and feeling so burnt out and out of whack that led me to really want to step into the coaching space to impact other people. Awesome. So you have, you have these people that are in the corporate world, they're getting burned out. They talk to you. I know that you have a, a four-step process that you put them through when you work with people. So can you talk a little bit about that? What, what is in that? What are you, what are you working with them on? Uh, how are you helping them? For sure. So my four-step process is 
it's very similar to what people will experience when working with a life coach, except for I take it one step further. And once the per once we've really identified what the purpose is, then there's the next step is to take action. So the first step in my four step process is I take all of my clients through what I call a discovery phase. And we take a look at every single area of their life. So I actually have a life map that breaks your life into 16 different categories from relationships to organization, to your home space, to your current work position. And I have you scale where you are in those areas on a scale from one to 10. So we can have a numerical number to what's working and what isn't working in your life. That's the first step is to find awareness around what isn't working. Like we really have to see it because some people don't know. They can understand that the relationship with their spouse is falling apart, but they may not know that their car is a complete wreck yeah, right. <laughs> with, yeah. a, you know what I mean? With a mess of stuff everywhere. And that's contributing to, you know, the whole factor. So awareness is the first step. The second step is I take once we've, once we've examined what isn't working, we look at the thought patterns and the limiting beliefs that are keeping people stuck in a certain place in their life. So we as human beings tend to relive experiences in our life and we have outcomes in our life due to unresolved limiting beliefs that we have set on ourselves. Sometimes they're ingrained since we were young children but these same stories, if we don't highlight them, can keep us in negative thought patterns, which will elicit negative results. So the second step is to look at the limiting beliefs and to really highlight and put a spotlight on these limiting beliefs and start to shift them. Because once you, again, once you have awareness, you have a place where you can elicit change. And the third step is that we build a roadmap. So I'm a firm believer that when it comes to life change, and it comes to really getting clear on why you were put on this earth, that there's no, there's no plan that's a cookie cutter plan. Every person that comes through my practice, their, their life transformation plan looks completely different. Sometimes that means that we need to integrate meditation. Sometimes it means that we need to integrate scheduled time for you to connect with your spouse. Sometimes it means that we need to start to amp up your exercise routine or we need to organize the way that you schedule your day at work. So it really depends on who the client is as to what that plan is going to look like. And then the fourth step is execution and accountability. So as a coach, I am your biggest cheerleader and I'm the one that's holding you accountable to executing the plan and making sure that these repetitive limiting beliefs don't drag you back into where you were. So that's the power of life coaching really is having that accountability partner. Now, what happens through that process is that once all of this starts to get sorted out and life starts to level out, people begin to realize that, wow, like now that I'm clear, I can really start to focus on the things that fulfill me. And that's where the purpose and the impact piece comes in. So that's kind of like a, a rough sketch of what the, the four-step process looks like. It totally makes sense. And it's, you know, it's one of those things I, I, at the beginning of this, I said that I, I didn't, I felt like a lot of life coaches had some fluff, you know, and yeah. um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really believe in life coaching very much until probably uh, I think it was like two years ago um, because my wife quit her job 
and uh, my business was doing really well. So I went to her and said that she could, she could leave her teaching job. And uh, I thought at first that she would just be so happy with that. Like she, you know, it was like she got to retire early, um, but she really kind of like didn't have a purpose after that. Mm-hmm. And so we, she actually started working with a life coach and it's, she has totally changed. Like she started her own business. She's crushing it now. Like she does so well. Uh, and so it was like, after seeing her go through that process, I was like, man, they're probably, there probably is something to this whole life coaching thing. I think it's a real, like, I think it's a legit thing. So it's really cool. So I'm, I'm curious about how the, where for these people that you're working with, where does the side hustle working for themselves part fit into this part of the process? Like where are you identifying or where are they identifying what they want to do? And, and do they start, do you like coach them on getting started with that or how does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I have a pretty in-depth, I call it my onboarding process that clients go through and I have them answer a, a really lengthy questionnaire that they answer. Then later, like after about six or seven sessions together, they will answer it after we've started to implement this roadmap in their life. And what I'm a firm believer in when it comes to business and the way that I coach business is that a successful business, especially online, has to be rooted in impact. Like you have to, in order for a business to be successful, you have to be clear on how you want to show up in the world for other people and how you want to impact their lives. So about at the beginning, we talk about it, but really about halfway through, once some of this clarity starts to unfold, I have my clients look at where are you impacting people in your life? And there's a a series of questions that I ask them, but one of the most powerful exercises that I take all of my clients through and I For anybody that's listening, I would highly suggest that you do this for yourself. I have them interview people in their life that they have had some sort of an impact on, and it can be anyone. And and sometimes I get feedback, well, I haven't impacted anybody. And I'm like, okay, do you have children? Do you have a spouse? Do you have a best friend? (laughs) Do you have, there's somebody in your circle that you have impacted. And there's a list of four questions. You just ask them you know, what are my strengths? How have I shown up positively in your life? And what have I brought to the table and to make your life different? You know, and it's a series of questions that kind of spin off of one another. But what I, what's so beautiful about this exercise is that often we can't, we don't give ourselves ourselves credit as individuals. So it's hard for us to put into words how we show up for other people and how we impact others. But when someone has it, when someone gives us those answers, and I always suggest either record the answers or have them emailed to you, have them written down, you can't deny actual words that are coming out of someone else's mouth. Right. So when this exercise starts to unfold, people really, their eyes start to open like, wow, I, I have gifts. And even if it's just that I'm a really great listener and I am, am a wonderful plant-based chef and people love to come over to my house to eat delicious meals. And I listen to them that gives them a clue into, Hey, you're impacting people. And that's, you guys know when you build a business that's based on impact and you see how it changes other people's lives, it's addicting. Like it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it's the best feeling in the world. That might be, that might be the best explanation I've ever heard for like how to find, <laughs> how to find your purpose. Because that's something that I've always, I've struggled with because a lot of people have asked me like, how did you, 
Uh, actually, my wife asked me the other day because we were trying to figure out some things with her business and how she could kind of work more toward doing her passions and things like that. And uh, she was like, you know, you got lucky. You just found it with Millennial Money Man and like you were able to help people with personal finance. And, and it was really more of just kind of noticing, I guess, that people that I was having an impact on people. Like I didn't, I didn't really feel like I knew what I was doing in the beginning, but I kind of noticed like it was helping other people. And that's kind of why I went the whole, that's why I quit my job the way that I did. And I did all those things. Cause I was like, this makes me happy and I'm totally miserable in my teaching job. So I'm going to like try to do this while I can. So I, but I, I like that hearing other people because that that's a huge thing for Mike and I, we, we love what we do at laptop empires because we know that we're helping people and we feel good about it. And then it kind of keeps us, going sometimes, you know, when, when things are maybe tough or whatever. I mean, we're, we're very fortunate in the business, but yeah, it's listening to other people. I, I don't know. I just think that's a great way to explain I think, it. I think people roll their eyes when they hear somebody that has a successful business and they're making a lot of money and maybe they're not there yet. And somebody's like, and they're like, well, you know, it's seeing your students or your clients like have these big wins. is like the most rewarding thing that you do as an entrepreneur, at least in this kind of business. And I think people roll their eyes like that. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, you say that, but you, you made 50 K last month, like you know, <laughs> shut right. off. Right. <laughs> right. But it, but it is, it's true. And I, I think it goes back to that concept that like, if you're not happy making no money, you're not going to be happy making tons of money. Right. Like, For sure. There's, there's definitely, I will say there's some, there's some perks, right? Like, you know, you're, you definitely, you have less financial stress, you know, for example, if there's something going on, like what's, uh, you know, here with COVID and everything where you have a little more financial stability, maybe you're a little happier on the day to day because you're not stressing about it as much, but those other things in your life, like you said, there's 16 different facets, the way you break it down, like every single one of those things contribute and money might just be a small one of them, but seeing when you have that impact and make that change in somebody else like that feels a thousand times better and you get so much more enjoyment out of it than the big payday the big launch the big client contract whatever you know that that's cool those things are cool but they're cool for like yeah. a day you know yeah but they're not the stories you tell people oh hey my student did blah 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 i mean we tell those same stories over and over because it's it's just cool. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Completely yeah. I'm agree. Kind of, I'm kind of curious. I was going to ask you about, about quit, like when you should quit your job. Cause that's something we talked about in your podcast and I thought you had a good answer for that, but where do you kind of, where do you, since you're working with people that are in the corporate world, I'm assuming you're generally working with people that probably have a pretty good living or earn a pretty good living. Where mm-hmm. do you fall on the money happiness thing? Like what's your theory on money and happiness and, oh, and all of that? So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't, and it took me, I had a lot of money mindset issues when I first launched my coaching practice. And this came from someone who was, who worked in the corporate world and made a really, I mean, I, I had a great living. I was making really great money when I was in the corporate world, but I had an aha moment when I was in the corporate space where I was like, man, I, there is no amount of money that can pull me out of the way that I feel every single morning. Mm. Like there's just, I don't care how much money that I'm I'm making right now. My life is miserable. And it took me to a really dark, like I had to go into the depths of the darkness (laughs) in order to to come to that realization. So what I, what I've noticed in the corporate world is that even with a side hustle and, and I, we've talked about this, Bobby, I, I do not I do not give my clients the suggestion to just jump ship on their corporate job and start 
you know, and mm-hmm. start a side hustle. I, my advice is to start the side hustle and build it up. And then when it replaces your income, then think about, and think about jumping at that right, point. Right. And when it comes to building an online business, like, you know, there are, there are a thousand business coaches out there who have 18 different, you know, roadmaps that can get you there. But in essence, it's really the same roadmap. So if you just work that roadmap to the knowledge that you know, whether, you know, you have the roadmap in front of you or you can work with a coach that can help you execute it, it doesn't, replacing the income will happen. Like it it will happen, right? Mm -hmm. But if, when that income arrives, if you still are feeling a sense of unhappiness, that's a deeper issue than money. Because money just, you can't equate money and happiness. They're not, they can help you, they can help you gain things in your life. But, and I posted about this actually on Instagram a few days ago about how we, we set goals to, we think that we set goals to attain something physical. Like I'm going to make this much so I can buy a car, right? We're actually like from a psychological level, we are not, once we get the car, we actually feel the feeling of joy And if we don't know how to cultivate that feeling of joy on a day-to-day basis, when we attain that car that gives us the freedom of joy and then joy goes away, we're going to be on to the next thing immediately to try to find that emotion again. So we actually set goals for emotions, not for the physical attribute of what we actually receive. When you can conceptualize that and really hold that in your hand, then you will understand that money doesn't bring joy. You have to find joy right now. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I was just thinking about, you know, just for me, like I know I've cut my, I made a big effort to cut my to-do list, like do fewer things in a day, you know, and, and just yeah. come make it to where it's like, I know I can complete this much. So let's make my list completable every day. Mm-hmm. And just that, it, it causes you to feel so much better. Okay, cool. Yeah. I did everything. Now I can go relax versus, okay, I'm doing family time, but I have so much stuff to do. Like, you know, just scheduling it out and splitting it up. And so, but I've never, I guess like to me, that was honestly, you're talking, that was like an almost like a little aha yeah. moment of like <laughs> setting, we're setting goals to, to really like achieve that emotion. I think for yeah. me in my life, it's almost been like, let's, let's just set these achievable things. That doesn't mean like, BS, like loading your to-do list with tiny stuff that doesn't matter, but like saying, okay, instead of I have 10 really important things to do, I'm going to, I'm going to knock out this one most important thing today. Yep. So that yeah. was, that was kind of cool as you're talking. Cause I was like, oh, yeah, wow, okay. That like, I've seen the benefit, but I didn't really understand, you know, the connection there until right. you described it. And it was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and here's, here's a little, like talking about tangible tools. This is another tangible tool that you can implement right now. And this will change your life. If you start to set goals and instead of setting a goal based on a monetary value or, you know, something that you want to receive in your life or achieve, set that, like make sure that that's down on paper, but then ask yourself, when you reach this goal, how will you feel? How will I feel when I reach this goal? Am I going to feel pride? Am I going to feel happiness? Am I going to feel freedom? Get yourself really clear on how you're going to feel when you reach that goal. And then the next step is to say to yourself, how can I cultivate that feeling 
right now, like right here in this moment, how, what can I do to find pride and happiness and joy right now? Because we all know, or maybe we don't know that like energy attracts like energy. So the more that you can cultivate that feeling of what you want to attain when you reach that goal on a daily basis, the quicker that goal is going to be attracted to you because you're already in that space. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think that kind of like solves a problem um, that I think a lot of people run into. Because for me, I always thought that making making a lot of money would feel different <laughs> or like mm-hmm. I would feel like some kind of way. Uh, and I remember when Mike and I launched Laptop Empires, we, we did really, really well uh, very quickly with Laptop Empires. And uh, I, we made more money than I ever thought I was going to make in, in our first month in business. And I remember it was like really cool but it shocked me how fast it wore off. And it's one of those things like, I know a lot of people might listen to that and they go like, oh, sure, you know, I'd like to see that for myself. And I totally get that. And I hope that everybody does feel that for themselves. So at some point where they make a lot of money mm-hmm. and they go, wow, okay, that was crazy. But it goes, it just, it goes away so fast and it, yeah, then right. it's like on to the next thing. So I, I love that where it's like, try to think about how you're going to feel and then try to create that in your life every day. Because what I've found over the last couple of years since I have been earning more money is that it's not the money that's the happiness driver. It's the time that I spend with my wife and like, you know, going on walks and like just being able to relax during the day. Like that's the stuff that actually makes me happy. So I crave that now where I'm always trying to just create more time in my life. And and so I just, I don't know, it's a cool, that's a cool way to describe it because I do think at some point, most people or a lot of people in their lives will figure out that money is not like you get to this where you thought you were going to be happy. And then you, you're like, Huh, yeah. that was cool. And then it's like you're already chasing the next thing that is going to make you happy, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, it's a very strange <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm curious, Lauren, going, this is going back a little bit when you were talking about like there's a clear roadmap because I, I'm looking at this whole conversation. It's like, okay, first off, you know, how do we balance the job and building that side hustle until it's replaced mm-hmm. the income? And then like, how do you make that jump? But I think even before that, like you said, Hey, everybody's got a different way. We have our beliefs on like the paths and things, but you said, you know, Hey, there's a roadmap. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Cause I know I was listening to that and I was like, okay, enlighten us. Like, you know, I want, yeah. I want to hear the, I want to hear this. I want to, I want like to get your perspective cool. on that because I think yeah. there's probably people listening, you know, we've got a lot of people that listen that are our students and they're doing like our Facebook side hustle or their bloggers or something like that. And then there's people that it's like, they've discovered us one way or another, and they're really interested in this. They want to start a side hustle, but like, they have no idea where to start yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, I think they're really going to be interested in this. Yeah. So, and I think, well, just to ask a question, to clarify your question, are you talking about the roadmap in regards to building an online business? Or are you talking about the roadmap in regards to looking at the areas of your life and eliciting change in relation to those areas? I think the business part, because it was this, the last little section you were talking, you're like different coaches, they might have 18 different roadmaps to get there, but really it's all the same. And then we were talking about some other things, but, and it was a good conversation, but I wanted to come back to that and and talk about a little more because I thought it was interesting. I wanted to Honestly, I want to know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Well, there's two, and and I'm that's why I asked for clarification because there Mm -hmm. really is a roadmap for life issues, and then there's a roadmap when you decide that you're going to jump or not jump, and you're going to build a side hustle for building an online business. So, for me, the the roadmap to build an online business really has 
And I wish that I could draw this out for you all, but there are the easiest way to break it down is that there are really three steps. You have to bring in client acquisition. So you have to find a way to bring clients into your business. That's the first step. Second, and that's getting really clear on who that client is. You've got to figure out exactly who you're speaking to in order to attract that client into your business. The second step is the sales process. So once you've attracted them in, it's then having a conversation with them face-to-face and selling them on what you can do to change their life. And then the third step is selling them a package. So understanding what your tiered system is in regards to what you offer in your business. And it doesn't matter if you know, you are selling scrunchies on the side of the road, or you are building a coaching practice. At some point, you're going to have to attract clients, you're going to have to sell to them, and you're going to need something to sell to them. So right. when it comes to when it comes to a roadmap, I mean, even in that, if we break down that first step, and, and you guys know this, because you're masters at this, but there's really four ways that you can bring clients in when you have an online business, there's organic marketing, which is showing up on social channels, utilizing email sequences and email marketing campaigns, anything that's organic of you actually showing up and doing something in your business that is not putting a dollar amount behind it. That's organic marketing. The second is paid advertising. So utilizing funnels, which you all are geniuses at, and utilizing paid Facebook and Instagram ads. Any Anything that's paid is another way to bring them in. And then the other two ways that I like that I teach my business clients that come into my business are ways that speak to your genius. So for me, the other ways that I bring clients in are through speaking engagement and workshops and then partnerships. However, these two can be interchangeable depending on the zone of genius or the expert in you. So some people they like to write. So it could be guest blogging or writing a book. Um, others could do you know, media appearances. So those last two are figuring out what your expert is and filling those last two marketing bubbles with things that you're good at doing. So that's kind of, and if we break it down even further, you have to have somewhere for these people to go. For me as a coach, everyone that comes into my business either goes directly to my online course or they come and I hop on a phone call with me so I can decide where I'm going to place them. I have three offerings in my business and I'm really clear on those offerings. And so when I get on a call with them, I can funnel them in to one of the three offerings within my business because I'm crystal clear on what those are and how they could help someone. So this, and that's a kind of a vague description of what the roadmap looks like, but right. regardless of the business that you're in, it really is, it sounds, I say like that simple. It's not simple. We all know that. However, Sometimes it can become more complex than it needs to be. Yeah, no, and I think, and I think that is something in the coaching communities and especially in the digital marketing world, like people make it so complicated. But mm-hmm. I think just your, your three steps, and I think maybe if, for me, as you're talking about it, I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, this is how it works for coaching. This is how it works for, you know, service industry this is how it works in, you know, a con- as a content creator. But maybe yeah. people not listening might not see that. But when you're talking about attraction, you know, like let's use a blog. Cause I think that that's, you know, that's what Bobby does. And I know we have mm-hmm. bloggers listening and it, maybe it doesn't make the most sense. Like your content, your blog posts in a lot of ways, and maybe mm-hmm. your social media, mar- your social media around it 
are your attraction. You're bringing the people in from your SEO and all of that kind of stuff. Your conversation and your sale might be, maybe you don't have your own info products like we do, but you have affiliate programs. Well, your content right. could be that conversation. It could be that point of sale. It could be all of it, right? Like you might have this one epic article that people are searching and they're looking for email marketing software. They do a Google search, they find it, they read your article, they, you know, they go the whole way through. But on the flip end of that, it might be like somebody comes in to Bobby's world, right? And they're looking for advice about student loans and they, they come in, you know, through his blog, they discover an article, they join his email list, right? And now mm -hmm. his email list and his email marketing is really the conversation compared to coaching where it might be getting on a call or talking in messenger, you know, in DMs on Instagram, right? It's right. A different. It's a little bit different for the messaging. And then the sale might not be a sales call or a sales letter. It might just be using the email to put them in front of the page for that particular thing, right? So if maybe they came exactly. in and he is, you know, they came in through an article about uh, student loans and then Bobby comes and he writes about the best student loan refinancing options for people and they start reading through that and now they sign up and he gets an affiliate commission, right? And so I, I love that map. I and mean, then this is why I want to hear what you had to say, but just hopefully that gives some clarity to somebody because it, it's very obvious, I think, if you're a service provider, like I'm helping people with digital marketing, right? Like they're interested in my service. We're having conversations. I'm closing the sale. Mm -hmm. I'm delivering the service. For you as a coach, you're having conversations, finding out what the problem is. You're moving them into one of your coaching programs, right? And, and so I think that's a little more obvious than the blog. So hopefully that clarifies for people on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's, what's so important too about what you just highlighted is that, and I, I stress this very heavily with business clients that come in who may have already started. Cause I do work with clients who've tr taken a stab at online business and they can't seem to figure it out. Um, whether they're still in their corporate job or not, I do have a couple of clients that are that way. And I, and I love that you put that out there. And what I really want to highlight is that be being really specific. Like I have paid ads. Like I have paid funnels that I work. I have a course that's an online course that does not include coaching with it, but it's me coaching you through how to start an online business. There is, there are ads that lead to a landing page that will be a direct sale into that. And people don't have access to me. Right. right. But when I first started and when my clients first start their business, it's really easy to think that, you know, you need to have a podcast and you need to have be on Instagram all the time and you need to have a YouTube channel and you need to have all of these right. things. Yeah. And so I think what you just put so beautifully is you really have to focus on that one thing that you can build using this blueprint to funnel mm -hmm. people into one action to sell them, right. whether it's a, a landing page or an affiliate marketing page or getting on a zoom call with you you've got to be really concise as opposed to just trying to throw everything out there to see what sticks. When it's like your three things you mentioned, at least from, you know, you've got to start with your deliverable. Right. How are you helping people? How are you having that impact? And then once you find that you need to go, okay, well, how am I attracting people now? Right. What is mm -hmm. that thing that's bringing people in? And that needs to be very, in my opinion, needs to be very personality based. Like you need to know yeah. what you enjoy and have energy around. Right. And so that's like something like, Bobby can crank out content as a writer. I cannot do that. You know, yeah. if I'm going to write an article, I couldn't do three articles a week because I, it takes me a month to write an article. So 
starting a blog maybe isn't the best route for me. Right. And so you need to know that kind of stuff about yourself. And then the, the connection of those two things develops over time. And there's great, there's best practices for organic and for paid and for all these things. But in the early days, it's just people come into your world and there's conversations and conversations sell and whether, and, and those things will kind of develop on their own as you start to kind of figure out the connection of people coming into your world to getting them into the deliverable and, and finding out what works for you. That's how I view it. I'm curious, you know, if you see it yeah. another way. Um, no, like, I love this three, I love this three part framework because it provides so much clarity. Yeah. yeah, no, you and I are in the exact same, same boat there. It really is getting really clear on, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the same boat as you. I'm not, I have zero, I'm not great at writing blog articles. Like I'm just not good at it. However, my podcast brings in a lot of clients. And so I put emphasis there and I do a lot of my organic marketing on Instagram. And I really focus on those two things in order to generate attracting clients into my business. And I think that you, you have to, you've got to figure out where, again, that zone of genius is for you. What do you really enjoy doing? Do you love communicating? And do you love interviewing people? Do you love being in front of the camera? Or do you love writing? Whatever it is that you love, use that as your vehicle to attract. So Lauren, with this people, you know, now that's kind of an idea, I'm glad you broke down that roadmap because I think for people that are like, how do I get into this? What do I start? You know, that'll help hopefully give them some perspective. But you mentioned earlier, you encourage people to build up their side hustle while they're still doing, they're still in their career, which I mm -hmm. 100% agree with. And I know even though Bobby did not do that, I know he agrees with that too. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm curious though, but that's, it's tough, you know, like, especially like if people have families, they've got careers, they've got a career that's very time intensive, you know, if they've got kids, like whatever, we all have time constraints. Everybody's got time constraints. Nobody has time for this right? Unless they make it. So I'm just curious, like, how do you help your clients to balance adding something else into their life as something to either provide purpose or to eventually help them get out of whatever situation they're in? Because that's, yeah. you are, you're, you're taking on more, you're not making it easier. So I'm curious how you handle that. Yeah. So um, that I'd be more than happy to share with the listeners today is I have, I actually have an entire module on time management. If you're have if you have a side hustle and it's when it comes to building in a side hustle, or if you aren't building in a side hustle and you are just still working in the corporate world and trying to manage your life at home, you have to have crystal clear clarity on exactly all of the things in your life that have to get done, how long they're going to take, what takes precedent and you have to take a hard look at your schedule to make sure that it works. Like we, it's really easy to say that you're going to make time for something, but until you actually sit down and you schedule it out, chances are you're probably not going to get it done. So right. when I have clients that come to me who are really struggling with time management, I take them through a couple of steps. And so I'll, I'll give you kind of a quick rundown of what's included in the time management workbook that I'm happy to share with your listeners. But the, the first thing that you have to do is you have to take a, I call it a brain dump and it's a brain dump inventory of everything that needs to get done in your life. So it could be anything from, you know, I need to get a new logo created for my side hustle. I need to go to the grocery. I need to have 
um, connected, intimate time with my significant other. You write all of these things down on the list. And then you go to, I don't know if either one of you are, are familiar with, the, it's called the quant diagram or the quant method. You then go through this entire list and you give everything on the list a numerical number of one through four. One is urgent and important. These are things that absolutely have to get done within your week. These are appointments that you have. They are things that are absolutely non-negotiable on your calendar. And most of them, they come in form of emergencies or appointments. Those all get ones. Then you go and you label, go back through and you label twos. Twos are things that are important, but not urgent. These are projects that you're working on. They are potential further deadlines that you need to hit. They are things that you're working in in your home life that don't require that they get done immediately. Those are twos. Threes are items that you can delegate to either people in your household or someone else in a business. And four are items that you toss. So you now have this running list with all of these numerical numbers and this, this exercise in and of itself, before you actually schedule it will change your life because there are so many things that we think we have to do, but when we get them down on paper, we realize we can delegate them or we realize like, Hey, this really isn't important to my end goal. I can toss this. So after you've taken the time to put a one through four on all of these tasks, then what you do is you take out a calendar and you start to time block these items. And really quick as kind of a side note, if you, I like to work in intervals. So I work in 45, 15 minute intervals, which means I will pick a task or two tasks. I will set a timer on my phone. There's an app called the Focus Keeper app that will track these intervals for you. I track my time for 45 minutes. And when the buzzer goes off after 45 minutes of working diligently in this task, I will get up and I will do something non-related to work. I'll go take a walk around the house. I will call a friend. I'll go make myself a snack, something that's not related to work. I'll do for 15 minutes. And then I come back and I start to work on the next, next task. So when you get your schedule out to time block items, you'll realize that you really only have six or seven or five, depending on how much you want to work, you only have so many blocks throughout the day to get things done. And what I do, I go back to the to-do list. I toss, the first thing I do is I toss all the fours <laughs> that don't need to be there. I then take my threes, everything that has a three, and I delegate it. So I will go and I'll give the task to my assistant or talk to my spouse about taking on something. And then I put the ones on my schedule. These are absolutely non-negotiables because they are important and urgent and their appointments. They're already set. Those go on my schedule. And then I fill the rest of my calendar with twos. And I look at how much time it's going to take to complete these twos. And then I schedule out my week with a little bit of flexibility with getting these twos done. So what the, it sounds like a lot. It's really not when you get in the practice of it. But what this exercise does is it shows you like what's really important and how you can use your time to tackle everything at home, everything at work, and everything for a side hustle. I want to say, Mike, you actually use a system like you use that same system, don't you? This is exactly like what to I the do, T, and exactly yeah. <laughs> what I teach. I seriously, it is, it is. Uh, uh, I usually just do one, two, and three. 
you mm. know, and usually say like your ones, your twos are going to be delegates or delays is how I always okay. describe it. And your threes are delete. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, but I like that even separating it further, but, but no, I'm, I'm guys. I mean, if you've listened to this, we've had people listen to every episode of this podcast. Like you've heard us talk about this because I'm big, big on this. And I think brain dumps are super important that weekly brain dump and prioritizing and rating them, I think is one of the most important things you can do. I personally struggle with the scheduling part. I'll be honest yeah. because I'm a stay at home dad. And so I can plan a time block and it doesn't always happen. Um, and so what I've learned is if I have, let's say you have seven blocks in the day, you know, I might schedule seven blocks and plan to use five. That mm. way, if one of them gets totally shot, then we can go replace it. And that goes back to like my very first business when I was in, uh, when I was in law school was, was helping people with fitness. And I always used to tell people like, okay, your program says that you need to work out. You need to go to the gym three times a week, but you need to schedule four sessions per week. That way, if you have one that falls through, you don't want to get out of bed one morning or whatever, you've already built into your day that extra session. And so I just have carried that into my work life as I started realizing like, man, strict time blocking is so difficult for me as a parent that's home with my kids when, yeah. you know, my oldest just turned five. And even though we're, we're just constantly beating into his brain, that like if I'm talking at my computer that means I'm either on a call or I'm recording something and you can't interrupt, but he doesn't get it. You know? <laughs> and so it happens like, he'll be like, Hey, dad, 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 dad. And then I got to go do something. And now it's like, okay, cool. That time blocks over and I didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. Well, okay. Now I'm not stressed and thinking I got to go work later. It's like, well, I scheduled myself seven blocks to do four things or five things. So I, I love this. Yeah. As you were saying it, I was just like, yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, and, and something to that too, I'm a, and for, I think that that's, that's amazing that you schedule the seven, only complete five. What I do is I color code. So everything that I mm. have to be present for is in red. And then I, my goal is to complete at least one green task because my green tasks can be moved. Right. And so I know that all the reds have to get done. And then my goal is just get one of those greens done. And you know, nine times out of 10, there's three or four green blocks in addition to my red blocks. But if I only get one, then I've, I've met, it's like the realistic goal for the day. So I love it. Same yeah. thing. That's awesome. I think another thing for those listening that you can keep in mind is that there are things that have to be done that are move your business forward type things. I call them needle movers. And then mm -hmm. there are the things that have to be done to keep the business running. I always call, the, call these my feed the animals tasks or, um, or FTAs because it's like you have a farm, like if you don't milk the cow, you don't like feed the chickens, like you're screwed. You have to do that. And this is me and a client business. Like there's certain client work I have to do. There's certain reporting I have to do in order for business to continue. I have to meet with my team. But those things aren't moving the business forward. And so even when those things, like they are both technically ones, right? Because they're so essential but I kind of differentiate them and the ones that are needle movers, I try to like accomplish those first. And I know like I try to, uh, the FTAs are either something like delegating tasks. Like I do that at the very beginning of the day, but then the other things, the checking the email, the client contact, whatever, that's all at the end, my last block. And I try to differentiate. So I think it's important to kind of know not only like, okay, this is essential, but like 
is it keeping you afloat or is it moving you forward and prioritizing that appropriately? Yeah, that's so important. So you lay out this process for everybody, right? Like, and the people that you're working with, you maybe they have like a pathway to doing whatever it is that they want to do full time or, you know, they want to do it, but they're scared. How do you get them over the edge of that fear? Because I know when I did it, I just kind of ripped the bandaid off and did it like an idiot and I just jumped. (laughs) Um, But I know that most people are not like that. So when you have somebody that is like on the edge of they've got their plan, they've got their side hustle, they want to go full time. What do you, how do you help them get to that next step where they actually do it? So it's funny because I, you know, there's all types of coaching (laughs) mindset tactics that I can throw at my clients that work and help them feel at ease. But really when it comes to ripping the bandaid off, it comes down to confidence. And so I know for me, for my personal experience with my clients, the reason that I have them build their side hustle in conjunction with still working in the corporate world is that, and you guys know this, like when you are an entrepreneur and you make your first sale, something switches in your brain. Like something, that confidence just starts to seep in. And it's almost like, I don't do anything, to be honest. Like I can give them tools. They can go through, you know, reciting mantras. They can go through practicing their sales script. They can go through doing all these things to attract clients. But really what happens is all on the client side. When they make that first sale, I mean, a perfect example, I had a client, yesterday who just transitioned out of the corporate space. She has a corporate consulting company for that. She coaches um, leadership positions within corporations. And she just landed her very first corporate client for 10 grand, right? Like her first after working together for a month. And she's like, Oh, I can do this now. And yesterday I, I got a call from her that she has three sales calls today. So it's, it's really it comes down to the client, you know, like when you have that first sale that switches something in your brain to just be confident that what you're doing works. Yeah. No, it's so true. I remember the first time I made any money, actually it's kind of crazy. I just found the first check that I made um, from (laughs) a sponsorship deal. It was like the very first amount of money that was like significant for millennium money, man. And I, I remember like everything changed after that. Like my, my teacher mindset where I was like, I got my check you know, every two weeks and I was salaried and all that stuff, it like just went away. And I was like, I can go out and get money. Uh, and yeah. ever since then, it's been a lot, it's been cool. You know, it's, it's really changed my mindset on what I can do and how much money I can make. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it, you know, you, you talk all the time, you have to still practice these things. Like you have to, at least yeah. for me, you have to practice the positive mantras. You have to practice the positive affirmations for yourself and, and having those, those moments of, of clarity, knowing that you can do it. But really when the switch comes is, having that moment of confidence and knowing that you can, you can move forward and be successful at what you're doing. Yeah. And newsflash for those of you that are listening, once you've made it, you will still find the deep, dark place where you, you know, <laughs> oh, yes. like, I'm, I'm going to not make it. This is not going to, you know, you just, you panic. Like it just, I think it's just, it's cyclical. You know, I mean, you go through really motivated, really high times. And then when you start to neglect, you know, the things that kind of push you into a burnout and, and push you into that place, they come up and it, mm-hmm. and it happens to everybody. And a lot of times it has to do with not your ability. It has to, or, you know, it has to do with your energy, you know, how, 
how are you getting enough sleep? <laughs> what, what else is going on in your life? Is one thing causing you know you to to feel that way about another thing? So it never goes away. So don't feel like you're gonna feel <laughs> perfect. It's you know that's one yeah. of the entrepreneurship. I always tell like everybody should start an online business. I feel like everybody should start a side hustle, but not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. But you won't know mm-hmm. unless you try, right? Yeah. But one of the things that you have to have as an entrepreneur is the ability to take that mental roller coaster that comes yeah. with paying your own bills and skinning, you know, your own, <laughs> you know, getting your own clients, chasing that, chasing that, like all the ups and downs that come with it. Like you have to have that mental toughness and, and it's okay. You can, you can do it, you know, and, and you'll find if it's not for you, it's not for you, but for the people that are in it, like that won't ever go away. You just got to adapt and, and learn to, to live with it, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's remembering. I, I love that because it, it, there's a graphic. I don't, I know you guys know what I'm talking about, but there's a graphic out there that shows like the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The squiggly yeah. line thing. Yeah. Yeah. The squiggly yeah. line. It's, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I just made my first sale. This is amazing. And then it crashes and it's like, oh, I suck. I'm not cut out for this. And then it goes back up <laughs> right. because you had another one. So, and I think it's, it's remembering that's where I think the life coaching portion of business mm-hmm. coaching is so important because when you have those downs, it's so important to remember your grounding practice. It's really important mm-hmm. for you to go back to, hey, let's look at the facts. I may have been a month ago or two months ago, but I have brought money into this business or I have had these wins before. It's just that right now it's a downtime and I need to use this to ground myself and navigate knowing that next month could look completely different. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So true. Totally true. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for all this. Everybody, before you go, I I really want you to go check out Lauren's stuff. Go check her out on Instagram. You said you're going to, we'll get the link for, we'll put it in the show notes for the the productivity guy that you mentioned. So I think that's going to be super helpful. Um, You guys should definitely go download that. But Lauren, could you tell them a little bit about where they can find you, where they can go follow you? Because I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this and saying like, okay, I want more. So where yeah. do they go? Yep. So uh, the best place to find me where I'm most active is on Instagram. So my handle is just Lauren Zoller. So Z is in zebra, O-E-L-L-E-R. And if you're interested in finding out more about, you know, starting an online business, or if you just want more life balance, you can click the link in my bio and set up a free 45 minute strategy session with me. I'm more than happy to look at your life and we can kind of dissect where you are and look at a strategical plan to launch an online business if that's what you're interested in doing. Um, I also have a podcast called The Balance Boss. So you can find me there as well. And then on my website at laurenzoliver.com. Perfect. And y'all, if you go to laptopempires.com, you go to the podcast page, you're going to see this episode. You'll be able to download all these free goodies. You'll be able to, you know, find the links to the website, the podcast, Instagram. uh, So you can go follow Lauren and everything that she's doing. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know we've already talked about this, but we definitely want to get you on again to talk about some other things. I think we were intending, you know, this this was a little longer. I think I even said before, oh, we don't have to go that long. And then we ended up doing it. But it was a really great conversation. So yeah, thank you so much for being on here. We really, really appreciate it. 
Awesome. Thanks guys so much. It was fun. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can literally listen to it anywhere. And if you have a recommendation, somebody you want to see come on the podcast, or if there's a topic you want to talk about, let us know team at laptopandfires.com or in the comments here uh, on the site below the podcast player somewhere. You can figure it out. You're smart people. So we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. Thank you.